Welcome to Seeking Alpha's Wall Street Breakfast, your daily source of market news and analysis. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Welcome to Seeking Alpha Editor's Roundtable, What Moved Markets This Week, the week ending December 23rd, a shortened holiday week. Happy holidays, everybody, if you happen to be celebrating. Uh, interesting week, we had selling on Monday pretty precipitously and then buying from Tuesday. And as we record this around noon on Thursday, we are due to close at new highs for the S&P. And the Dow is due to close above 36,000 for the first time in more than a month, I believe. There was some progress around Omicron that was kind of behind a lot of the spying, I think. But to unpack all that and more, I am joined by my colleagues here in no particular order, Kim Kahn, Senior News Editor, Jerry Cronenberg, Director of News, and Stephen Alfer, Senior Managing Editor of News. I am your host and moderator, Nathaniel E. Baker, Senior Editor of Strategic Contributors here at Seeking Alpha. So let's start with uh, Kim. I know there was a bunch of economic reports that came in, so maybe you can tell us about that and what else moved markets this week. Yeah, we've had a bit of a, a wild week for a holiday shortened week. Actually, it started out, as you said, um, on the down note, a lot of worries about Omicron restrictions um, added to which there was some some uh, disgruntlement about um, Joe Manchin and the Build Back Better plan and not going through. And so that Goldman had um, actually reduced their forecast for GDP for next year based on that. Um, but we've come back. Um, it's been, you know, now looking at uh, three, looking at three straight days of gains, and it's been. It's not a Santa Claus rally for those pedantic people out there, because the Santa Claus rally only happens the last five trading days of the year, and then the first two of Jan- the next January. But it's looking like it's building up to one, and I think it's kind of indicative of the volatility that we've seen this month. The Bespoke Investment Group came out and said they have noted that. And since Thanksgiving, there's only been one day where the S&P hasn't been up or down more than 0.5%. And that's pretty volatile for a December. It's looking to be the you know, one of the most volatile Decembers um, in history, one of the, the most volatile month of the year. And they also note that when December is really volatile, January, historically, even though it's only happened a handful of times, January tends to be pretty good. Um, on the economic front, as you said, we've had a bunch of um, indicators in the last couple of, of days. Durable goods came up stronger than expected thanks to some big aircraft orders. Um, we saw a miss on new home sales that was a bit perplexing. Um, might see some revisions there. I think the most interesting one was um, Conference Awards Consumer Confidence Index coming out ahead of expectations, even with the Omicron and, you know, concerns about inflation and, and possible, you know, supply chain issues during Christmas that seem to do pretty well. Yeah. And the PCE deflator, let's not forget, also came in pretty much in line with expectations. So no panic of further rate hikes, at least just now. Jerry, who were some of the winners and losers this week? Oh, we have a cool mix of winners and losers, especially on the winner side. I'd say topping the list is Tesla up about 3% as we're talking right now and about 12% on the week on Elon Musk apparently wrapping up his previously announced plans to sell about 10% of his stock and some positive analyst notes. Carnival Cruise Lines, an interesting story, flat today up about 16% for the week, uh, apparently on strong 2022 bookings and the feeling that travel and leisure stocks in general should be okay. Omicron 
is not going to sink them. Braze, another winner, uh, recent IPO. It is a customer engagement software firm, ticker symbol BRZE, up about uh, 20% for the week uh, and uh, roughly flat today, but it's still up for the week on good post-IPO earnings. Uh, the losers, the really big ones are actually all biotechs. Novavax topping the list down about 4% today as we speak now, about 20% on the week, despite seemingly good news for its COVID vaccine. The World Health Organization giving it a thumbs up and the company saying it appears to work against uh, Omicron or Omicron. Uh, two other big losers uh, for the week are both biotechs. Uh, Alicos, ticker symbol ALLX. It's actually round, uh, rebounding quite a bit today, up uh, almost 30% as we speak. Down, however, about almost 90% for the week uh, on mixed results for a gastrointestinal drug. And rounding that out, the company, I hope I'm pronouncing correctly, Aldera Therapeutics, ticker symbol ALDRX. It's again rebounding today about 7%, but lost 51% on Tuesday and is down about 40% for the week. Poor results for a dry eye drug of its. Mm, yeah, the Carnival Cruise Lines, that is a really interesting one because you would think, I mean, there's been already so many cancellations of things. Davos has been canceled next for January and a bunch of things too. I saw some college football games might be canceled. They better not but it might happen. So that is surprising that they've been seeing that and that the market has reacted as positively as it did. Uh, Steven, what are what were yours on your radar this week? Spider-Man No Way Home uh, mm. last weekend <laughs> took in $253 million in sales. It's the third best movie opening ever, not just post-COVID, not during COVID, but ever. And it had 587 million global sales, by the way. Uh, shows me there's a bit of disconnect between a lot of hysterical uh, newspaper headlines and politicians want to milk this, you know, for the rest of their careers and what the people are doing. The Omicron, by all accounts so far, appears to be nothing more than a, a modest cold. People are getting it uh, and people are going about and they're doing their thing, I think. And it's a stark difference from COVID 1.0 back in February, March of 2020, where folks had already begun on their own to stop going out, uh, stop traveling, stop going to the movies prior to the politicians imposing lockdowns. Now now you kind of have the opposite. The politicians are trying to milk this, particularly in my, my beautiful town of Philadelphia, New York, Boston, Chicago, by imposing further restrictions. But the, the, the populace seems to be having none of it and, and they're, they're getting on with their lives. So hopeful note to me. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. All right, let's move on to the second segment of the show where we discuss our favorite story ideas articles, editorials, tweets, TV programs sometimes, and other things that we have seen in our travels. Let's start with Kim. Well, I wanted to highlight a couple of stories from our energy and materials editor, Nathan Allen, who uh, these stories really resonated with our readers as well. And um, one was about how in the Netherlands, despite a 900% plus rise in natural gas prices, they're going ahead January 1st to sharply cut um, the coal plant utilization down to 35% as a max. So they're moving away even as they're, they're paying through the nose as, as there's a, you know, a squeeze on natural gas all across Europe. And um, the other story he wrote was that um, in, about oil exploration this year is winding up to be like the least amount of oil found by these wildcatters since 1946. So we've got this change where the industry is already going out. They're not doing the classic mall. They've moved on. And you've also got the squeeze in you know, natural gas prices from a host of different concerns, including politics. 
that kind of leads us to to shale, which um, you know, is one alternative for to get you know getting much more energy back to consumers, but is a huge even bigger environmental concern. So now we've got this kind of you know push and pull going on in the industry. Hmm. Interesting. All right, Jerry, what about you? Just going to give a shout out to our great coverage by Jonathan Block, our lead biotech uh, editor, who, by the way, does have a master's of public health. And he is looking at all the developments from President Biden saying, as Kim mentioned, this is not going to be a lockdown or, or as Steve mentioned, a lockdown along the lines of uh, March of 2020 uh, to uh, all of the things that are being found about the vaccines probably being more effective than thought against uh, Omicron and uh, also the COVID treatment pills coming out. So all this tells me for investors or as an investor that we're probably gonna wind up being back on trend with basically a hot economy, high inflation risks, low unemployment. So I think we're still on track for the Federal Reserve to start taking the punch bowl away in 2022. Uh, I think we'll still have a good year in 2022, but uh, the Fed will begin to counteract that and we'll have to see how it plays out. Yeah, a little foreshadowing there. Next week, which, by the way, is the last uh, show for now, we will be doing a roundtable forecast for what we are expecting in 2022. So Jerry is bullish, so don't let him backtrack on that next week. Stephen, what about you? Jack Dorsey Unleashed, covered by our financial sector editor, Max Scottlich. Dorsey, as we know, uh, resigned as, as the head of Twitter. He still runs Square, but basically firmly putting his energies in, into, into Bitcoin nowadays. Some of his tweets this week kind of confirmed with what many had thought, long thought that he really wasn't running the show at Twitter for quite a while, that he was almost kind of like a prisoner there. And, and now that he's no longer there, he's kind of able to speak his mind a little bit. And today uh, or this week, he kind of uh, went off against, you know, to point out like when people kind of say, hey, Dorsey's into crypto, he's like, no. Nah. Bitcoin, not crypto. Crypto is run by a bunch of venture capitalists and their limited partners. And while there might be some value there and some people are going to make a lot of money, stop confusing it with Bitcoin, which is a truly kind of decentralized protocol. And, you know, he publicly picked a fight with Mark Andreessen, who, you know, kind of wrote the seminal uh, Why Bitcoin Matters uh, editorial uh, uh, essay uh, seven or eight years ago, you know, got himself got himself blocked by Mark Andreessen on Twitter. Uh, and seems to be proud of it. So uh, really interesting development with Dorsey Unleashed. Yeah, it is a point of pride to be blocked by people on Twitter, by the way. Um, (laughs) But speaking of cryptos and speaking of editorials, I'm going to go here to a piece that attracted quite a bit of attention on Twitter and elsewhere uh, in the FT by Robert McCauley, who is a professor at at Boston University. Why Bitcoin is worse than a Madoff-style Ponzi scheme. The premise here is that if you are a victim of a Ponzi scheme, you can be made whole, you can get restitution from the, you know, the lawsuits and things like that. If cryptos collapse you, and you're left holding the bag, you get nothing. So, and there's no way to recoup any of these losses. So that is uh, very interesting, attract a lot of attention. Most of it, eh, well, a lot of it negative, including from an individual on this panel who shall remain nameless, Stephen. I mean, yeah. And a lot of memes going around, some even that I had created myself, I'm quite proud of. So yeah, c- quite interesting piece here. And we'll just have to see where this where this crypto thing goes. Um, I have my views on it, which are not worth sharing at this point. Um, so yeah, that's that. I'm going to throw in there that I'm cautiously bullish for the first half of 2022, uh, actually for the second half, pretty bullish for the first half. 
No, that's next week, play. Jerry, man. Come on. I know, man. You say, yeah, you're going to hold me to it. Uh, okay, fair man. enough. Fair I'm enough. No, no, you can always change your forecast if something happens between now and, uh, and then. That's fair enough. Cool. I'm not sure what's going to happen in, in a quiet week. We'll see, though. It's, there have been times when things do happen. All right, so that, that's it for this week. Thank you for watching and listening, as the case may be. Please check out the video on the SeekingAlpha.com website. And the longer audio version airs on Saturday morning, in this case, tomorrow morning, Friday morning, Christmas Eve morning at 6.30 a.m. Get that on the Wall Street Breakfast podcast account anywhere you get your podcasts. With that, once again, wishing you a happy holiday and safe and happy weekend and look forward to speaking to you again next week. Bye. That concludes today's Wall Street Breakfast. Thank you for listening. For the best investment analysis and news on the web, go to SeekingAlpha.com. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can sign up for our other podcasts, Behind the Idea, Essay for FAs, Let's Talk ETFs, the Cannabis Investing Podcast, and Marketplace Roundtable on those platforms as well. Have a great day.